This is a Power 98.7 podcast. Now we're talking. Subscribe to Power 98.7 podcasts in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. There's more on power987.co.za. It's 10 minutes past 10 o'clock and it is Power 98.7 that you're listening to. Of course, it's Power Perspective. It is Monday, 4th of December. My name is Denzel Taylor. The entire team is here. Karabu and Babsi taking your calls. Also, we'll take your voice notes on 083-303-7093. And the studio line, remember, is 0861987000. On Twitter, engage us at powerfm 9 Eight, seven. And of course, a lot of people also engaging uh, straight out at Denzel Taylor saying, you know what, load shedding and that issue that we were talking to, uh, of course, uh, uh, Tsifularo Mashava, who is the CEO of City Power. A lot of people were saying, you know, the new schedules uh, are just playing havoc with the ability also to to call in and engage in a lot of the shows as well and not just power perspective but a lot of the shows and it's playing havoc because you know once you have just uh on one aspect uh you're trying to listen load shedding comes or you're trying to load your uh and and recharge your 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 phones and your systems and Lisha Load Shedding is back with us. And you would have heard from, of course, Tifularo Mashava, they're the CEO of City Power, that um, they've taken a decision as City Power to load shed more regularly and maybe not as long over a period, but you'll get your load shedding every two hours instead of four hours at a time where there are maybe longer breaks in between. But of course, yeah, two hours at a time is hectic. How do you how do you get about your day with two hours, you know, that you are being load shedded periodically every two hours and then you you live your life for two hours and then you back into the the next two hours. And then, of course, uh, that conversation happening and the problems and 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 trepidations of what's going on at City Power. And then, of course, uh, here we are talking now uh, to COP. Of course, we speak to Professor Samson Mampueli from the South African National Energy Development Institute about the developments of the 28th edition of the Conference of the Parties COP that is taking place in the United Arab Emirates. And that takes place from the 30th of November to the 12th of December. And if you've been watching TV and you've been listening closely, you would also see that our representative or head of that particular delegation, Barbara Creasy, is chatting and talking to the issues on a daily basis there. President Cyril Ramaphosa also having made his trip and and uh, having come back and issued statements to suggest that he's happy with uh, some of the deliberations that have had that have taken place at COP28 and particularly particularly and I started the show uh, with this um, you know impression around his comments was that he was happy around some of the comments or commitments around the Just Energy Transition Plan and then also the Just Energy Transition Investment Plan and then also more particularly maybe around the Loss and Damage Fund. He said he was happy. Also, there are other funds that are around, you know, this particular aspect. It's the Green 
Clim- the Green Climate Fund and the Adoption Fund, Adaption Fund, sorry, and uh, those funds negligible in essence, negligible. So not a lot of money coming, you know, in in those particular instances, but a lot of money spoken about and a lot of money spoken to. Let me bring Professor Samson uh, Samson uh, Mampueli into the conversation. Prof, welcome to Power ninety eight point seven. Welcome to Power Perspective. How are you, sir? I'm good. Uh, good evening. How are you? I'm really, really good. Prof, let's just get into to the conversation. Um, you know where where South Africa is concerned. Um, you know a lot of a lot of progress, a lot of ambition, a lot of targets, a lot of conversations around finance, technology, capacity, a lot of promises being made. Um, South African President Cyril Ramaphosa being there, went there. Uh, we have a permanent delegate we seem to there to have there in the in the in the in the person of Barbara Creasy, and she will stay the duration of that particular you know event up until the twelfth of December. The president coming back and saying he's pretty happy with what's going on at COP28. He's quite happy with the conversations that have been made. He's happy with the submission South Africa would have made. Is is you know is are, are the conversations beginning to turn? Let me just ask you because for for ever and a day, previous times and previous COPs and pre COP26 and COP27, there've always been contestations and promises and whether we you know we can reach the targets we we need to be making and and you know what's what's the what's the um, you know the 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 development world's uh, capacity and what is the developing world's uh, you know capacity to deal with all of these things. Are, are you are you in a place to have looked at COP twenty eight at this particular moment and say we can echo what the president is saying that you know it's it's it seems to be heading in the right direction where a lot of these things are concerned. And we can speak about the the lot of concerns or the lot of issues that are at play. But, you know, the president saying he's, he's relatively happy. Sh- are, are we, sh- or should we also be relatively happy? Uh, yeah. Um, I think the, there are a number of things that uh, this particular COP28 should be looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is basically to track the progress that has been made since mm. COP27, as they always do, yeah. uh, in terms of the commitment, in terms of um, the progress that have been made on on, on the, the mission targets as mm. well as the financing part mm. and other plans. Yeah. Um, one of the things that has been discussed in, in COP27 was getting the loss and damage fund uh, up and running. Yeah. Uh, and that is the fund that is supposed to compensate, especially developing countries when, mm. when there are uh, uh, events that are associated with climate change that mm. uh, result in loss and damage. Mm. Um, the energy transition and food systems transformation part of things mm. uh, need to be dealt with because of the, the, the loss in terms of the food systems as well. Um, the negotiations on the climate finance. Uh, mm. at the at the top of the agenda as well um so i, I i'm optimistic um you know I, I'm, I'm i'm i've been in touch with the team south africa my ceo is there as mm. well supporting mm. mr mantashe and team south africa in general and mm. mr crazy um so the the real negotiations on on all these things uh you know start tomorrow 
Mm. Uh, initially, it was more of a high-level kind of uh, uh, speeches uh, from the various presidents and mm. various senior leaders who were, who were basically setting the, the scene and setting the tone. And mm. from the South African point of view, the, the biggest issue is around the climate finance and also the the, the loss and damage fund uh, part of things. Uh, the president, when he was there, he talked a lot about the fact that the, the finance, the climate finance, uh, mm. need to be more of grants as, as opposed to the loan mm. portion. Because if you look at what's happening now, most of the funding is is part is is, is the the biggest portion is more on the loan side. Mm. Even though the loans are are, are quite um, uh, attractive because of the the low interest rate and associated with the uh, with, with the, the, the the renewable energy uh, systems as well. Mm. The other part is is which South Africa wants. Uh, to be to be negotiated heavily is the fact that where we get the loans, um, there, there shouldn't be stringent kind of uh, conditions that are saying you you shall use this loan to build renewable energy power systems, mm. um, as opposed to looking at the fact that you shall we shall use the loans basically to reduce the carbon emissions in any way, form, or shape. And if you look at the, the problems that we have in South Africa, we've got problems around the grid, for instance. Uh, we, we need to, to expand our grid to be able to expand our renewable energy uh, program so that we can connect more renewable energy uh, 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 projects. So if we get loans that restrict us from, from doing things like that, mm. then it becomes kind of problematic for us as South Africa. So those are some of the things that we're looking forward to when it comes to negotiation and mm. as well as the technologies that are that, that we that we're putting forward. Um, South Africa uh, today the team South Africa are at engagements around the nuclear part of things to mm. say uh, what do we do in terms of nuclear energy and what are we putting forward in that particular respect. Mm. And various other uh, energy mix in general, which uh, which which is informed by the integrated resource plan. So those are some of the things that we expect that they will dominate in terms of South Africa's uh, mm. uh, uh, submission in the in the next few days. Sure, Prof. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go to a place where I would have I would have come to a little later, but I'm gonna deal with it because you've just been dealing with it extensively in in your opening remarks um and it's the use of 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 the loans and and in essence i i i have been watching the 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 debate around you know loans and or grants in south africa's stance on 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 that particular one where they would rather you know of course it makes sense you rather want a grant which is not re, you know payable back instead of a loan that would come your way and you have to pay that back that that common sense prevails in that particular one you understand that one pretty easy and then there's the question then of uh, where the current uh, climate finance is being channeled and that's the question you 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 talk about once you get that particular loan then um it's it's you are being restricted as to where one would begin to use it and problematic in that particular instance can i can i play devil's advocate with you prof a little bit you know 
in in our particular instance where we've seen the demise of ESCOM and we have a conversation on the demise of ESCOM and why ESCOM is where it is, and and then we say, ah, state capture. State capture happened, and so we have SAA where it is. State capture happened, and we have ESCOM where it is. And within state capture, one understands what then state capture is. There would have a lot of been fraud, corruption, hollowing out of the of of the business itself, and so we are where we are with the problem then around our problems around energy, and we have an understanding of how we got there. It wasn't, you know, that we had a capacity problem that, you know, came over years and we're just struggling with it. We actually have a a state capture story to tell. Don't you think, and I'm going to play devil's advocate with you, sometimes when you have that story to tell, which is not a good story, one of state capture, and how an entity like ESCOM then would have been hollowed out and, you know, just thrown to the floor, that a country that's going to give you money is going to want to make certain restrictions, conditions, and begin to tell you how to use it. And I'll use a pretty, pretty, you know, good example of we we got COVID funding, and then pretty much everybody tried to get their hands into their COVID funding, and ultimately did. And so we don't have a very good track record of saying we're going to use this money where we, you know, where where we see fit and to fix these particular things. You know, yeah, I, what 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 do you say to 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 that particular argument then that arises where where we don't have a good story to tell? People are being urged to give us money, whether they loans or grants, and then you know we 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 are a story you know of of ESCOM that and ESCOM is where it is. Yeah, so so, so in South Africa, we've got um, a mixed bag of track record. Mm. Um, and one is the, the the third one that you've just described. Mm. Um, the other one is, is the the positive story that we normally don't tell. Yeah. Um, and and the positive story is if we look back to the 2010 uh, World Cup project. Yeah. Um, and even though the other one was a sport kind of a thing, the other one is some energy. Uh, we, we've got a, a good story to tell mm. in terms of how we managed the 2010 uh, World Cup. Yeah. Um, and during that time, we had FIFA coming with money, a lot of money. Mm. Uh, we built a lot of infrastructure mm. uh, in the form of stadiums, in the form of uh, roads, and the rail network that has been now been uh, destroyed, partly some of it. Mm. Um, the even some of the electricity infrastructure in terms of the country. Well, we just need to look at Joburg's highways, and, and that expanded because of the 2010, you know, uh, exactly, scenario. Exactly. Mm. It, went, it went from three lanes to six lanes. In, 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 exactly. Yeah. So if, if you look at that story, and then fast forward to now, mm. you look at the fact that the, the state capture project came and left, and we now we have a new administration led by President Ramaphosa. Mm. Uh, who, is, who is very much into this energy thing. If you look at what he has done mm. uh, with the energy action plan, um, you know, load shedding started in 1998. Mm. And ever since then, there has never been a situation where the, a president of the country looked at the problem and said, how, what is this problem and how do I 
deal with this particular problem and come up with an all-encompassing plan to confront the particular problem. Mm. Uh, President Ramaphosa has managed to do that. Mm. Uh, we're sitting now with what is called the Energy Action Plan uh, that only needs funding for it to be implemented. Mm. Now, if we take the 2010 World Cup story mm. and we take the kind of uh, uh, work that the president has done uh, over a year now, mm. and then we look forward to what is the missing thing in the in the president's energy action plan. You, mm. you, you find that the missing link is basically the money. Mm. We've got the capacity and the capabilities as South Africa to manage funding and to manage money and to manage massive big projects mm. like we did in 2010. Sure. We can be able to do that. Uh, what what needs to happen now mm. is when, when some of us uh, proposed NICOM uh, at some point before Nikom came into the yeah. picture, yeah. the idea was that we we, we were proposing as an entity that will sit outside of ESCOM uh, with uh, some form of autonomy to be able to, to to diagnose the problem, and after that there must be a a, a project management office outside of ESCOM that will then be capacitated and then deal with the implementation of the energy action plan. Mm. We now have the energy action plan. What is missing now is two things. We need a, a, a project management office that can that can basically receive the, the, the grants and the loans of the international community and manage that money on behalf of South Africa, implementing it uh, to, to, to implement the just energy transition mm. also to, 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 to implement the decarbonization agenda of the country while providing security of electricity supply. Mm. That is doable, in my view. Mm. Um, the, the conditions, uh, yes, they can come and say, this money, you must use it specifically to reduce your carbon emissions. Mm. That would, I, I, I don't have a problem yeah. with But yeah. if you go to... Because that, that's, that's ultimately the plan. That's the broad plan, ultimately, yeah. Yeah, but if you look at it, if you look at the the conditions that are coming with this loan, they're basically saying, don't do anything on on your on your coal fleet. Basically, destroy every everything coal and build everything uh, renewable. Mm. Uh, I think that that's the wrong approach, and those are the wrong uh, kind of, uh, of of terms. The terms should be reduce your carbon emissions, reach your net zero uh, uh, targets by twenty fifty, mm. and if that is the That's the new energy vehicles, yeah. And, and also bringing in things such as your new energy vehicles and things like that, that yeah. Minister Patel was launching today. Also going back to the coal power stations and saying, what what are the the, 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 the coal, the, the carbon capture and utilization technologies that we can retrofit into the coal fleet that can still give us longevity? And how do we fix the conflict that can still give us like this. Sure. But we can't then say, 
uh, don't do anything on on your coal fleet because the coal fleet right now gives us your your your, your base load with with the, the little bit of renewables that is there. We are way back in terms of the implementation of the renewable energy program. If you look at the IRP versus where we are now, we, we we've got a backlog of about ten thousand mm. uh, megawatts. And so so all these things cannot work in silo. We cannot span one over the other. You need to just provide money and say decarbonize the electricity system, decarbonize your transport system. Mm. How we do it? We tell you as the South, as South Africans because we are the ones with the plans. We are the owners of the Jet IP uh, plan. We are the owners of the integrated resource plan. We know how where are the, the, the low hanging fruits that will, where we can implement some of these things. Sure. With energy efficiency uh, and demand response, we can reduce up to uh, uh, 3,000 megawatts and, and reduce them the load on the on, on the grid. And, and that those are some of the low-hanging fruits that we would like to, to use some of this kind of money. But with, not with the loans that are restricted, that mm. are saying, don't do this, don't do that. Mm. Uh, as long as they say reduce your carbon emissions, then we should be able to use any, to look at any of our plans and then implement accordingly. Sure. Prof, I, I, you know, uh, I think you've spoken to 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 what I would also look at as as the three primary, you know, of what that SHJ implementation plan and and the focus would be. So so you know, I I think it's the expanding of the investment, you know, transmission network. You you rightly point that out. Uh, also, you also pointed out the investment in new energy vehicles. Um, yes. And then also, I think I would add, you know, harmonizing uh, the green hydrogen energy space as well. So with with that said, and that is our implementation plan, and that's the focus in essence, um, and, and, and then the conditions then that would apply, I, I would have an understanding that when we argue our point about our conditions as to, you know, you, you cannot place the conditions on us because... One, we have to do all of these three, these three focus areas, but we have to do it in conjunction almost with uh, moving towards something that's aligned closely with our developmental, ob- you know, objectives and our obje- our developmental goals. And, and, and I would assume we, we would be guided by our developmental priorities. And, and that's the, the important aspect of, of, of the conditions, wouldn't it be? The conditions would be that w- as we do those three focus areas, we also need to work out what equitable energy aligned with, with developmental means. That, that is very much correct. Mm. Um, we, 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 we cannot compromise on security of supply. Mm. Uh, Minister uh, Creasy talked you know, extensively around the fact that while we consider you know moving into um, uh, renewables and, uh, and and green energy, we must also guard against you know plunging uh, our country and, and and the southern region and the African continent mm. into darkness because that has got other uh, unintended consequences. Mm. So if you look at the Just Energy uh, Transition Partnership. Uh, if the document that say, uh, yes, let us do all these things, let us move into the with this transition because it will happen anyway. Mm. But while we do that, let us look after our economy. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, let us look after the, the, the workers. Let us take everybody with us. This is, these are the words that the president always use. Mm-hmm. He always says, let us take our people with us. Let's take everybody with us. We, as, as things stand, we need about 1.5 trillion rand mm-hmm. for us to implement a just energy transition uh, uh, kind of program which will not leave everybody behind, anybody behind. Mm. Uh, we, we, we've learned, we started learning lessons with the with the closure, the closure of um, a power station like Komati, for instance, mm. uh, where, where there are a number of uh, lessons. And that was the reason, uh, part of the reason why Komati was closed. It was partly because the, 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 the power station had reached its, its end of life. It, mm. There was only one unit that was uh, still operating uh, properly. And then government said, in line with the positions of the integrated resource plan, let us close down this power station, but let us use it as an example of the just energy transition. Let us let us uh, get this funding from the World Bank and elsewhere and implement the uh, just energy transition kind of a, a plan in this particular area. The reskilling of the workers, uh, you know, the the main grid program that was that that, that that's associated with Komati where the mini grid uh, containers are being manufactured from there. Let's see how many jobs we can we can be able to create from the the the, the, the aquaponics uh, part of things, the solar and the wind farm, how many jobs can we create from there? Mm. And what else do we do with the rest of the workers? Do we reskill them and then and then move them to other places or other nearby processes or other uh, new uh, uh, renewable energy or new energy systems. What do we do with the with the generators that are there? For instance, we turn them into synchronous condensers. If we turn them into synchronous condensers, what will be the the the, 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 the jobs over time in terms of uh, you know, retaining some of the of the of the people who are working there, but reskilling them to be able to operate this 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 kind of new system that are bringing into the sure. space. So that is a learning environment that we have uh, in, in terms of um, the, the just energy transition. But over and above that, we need 1.5 trillion rand to totally implement this this particular plan. There is a, a, a another study that is being done now through the EBSA uh, that I'm, I'm, I'm leading, I'm chairing, mm. where, where they are looking at, uh, at, at the infrastructure requirement between now and 2050. And, and that is going to, uh, you know, we're estimating that it will, that will add about, uh, uh, that will push the 1.5 trillion rand to more than 2 trillion rand going forward. But we're still busy with the models and things like that. Sure. So having said all that, what is required now is the partnership that that does, you know, appreciate the fact that one of the skills in the country uh, to be able to do some of these things. Two, we've got our own plan that we've developed. So when, when the international community comes to South Africa, they must appreciate that and then support the initiatives that we have started as South Africans, like what they've done with the with Comati. When, when the World Bank came to us and said, well, we'll give you this money, you're going to do X, Y, Z, it was after we had announced the closure of the power station and we said to the international community, Yes, a a, 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 a a place that we can use as South Africa to learn lessons, locally, locally developed solutions in the country.
Power Perspective on Power 98.7. Let's go back to our guest, Professor Samson Mampueli, and of course, head then of the Energy Secretariat at Saneri, which is the South African National Energy Development Institute. And we're talking about COP28 and some of the issues there. And the line just breaking up uh, before we went to that particular break. I'm hoping that the line is so much better and we can actually hear the prof better this time around. Prof, can are you, are you there, prof? Yes, uh, I can hear you clearly. Sure, sure. Prof, you know, we're talking about 1.5 trillion rand. Uh, over over a period of a very short period of time, I would I would assume that it's not over a long long projected period of time. That's a that's a lot of money that 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 is that is projected that we would need to fix our our systems and get to where we think we need to be ultimately. The monies and 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 I I want to put it to you that you know that that is that is that is a a, a huge huge ask. The monies that so far have been promised from from uh, COP and 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 coming from COP twenty six and coming from you know uh, earlier ons uh, uh, early on COP twenty six I think in twenty twenty one where there there was that particular agreement between South Africa, the EU, the UK, France, Germany, the US. And and there was that figure of 8.5 billion rand, which was approved, uh, or or rather 8.5 billion US dollars, 160 billion rand into the South African energy transition. uh, And that period was 23 to 27. Apart from that... There is also, you know, the, the, the figure that was, was mentioned that, you know, Cyril Ramaphosa talks about, which is the 100 billion rand that was promised, I think, every single year up to the year 2025. Small amounts when, when in essence, we, we are talking about 1.5 trillion rand. And I'll put a rider to it, is that even when those amounts are, are mentioned, they haven't been near what they've contributed to any of the individual countries, uh, you know. So, um, the promises made, um, not, 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 um, you know, living up to those particular promises, and even if the promises are made, and even if they live up to those particular promises, not near one point five trillion rand. Yeah. So, so the the idea is that this is should should be a partnership. Mm. Uh, that's why we, we we talk about the transition partnership, mm. and and the partnership talks to um, one some of these 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 funds that you have uh, alluded to, mm. and over and above that, we have investments that need to come from the private sector. Mm. Uh, we have investment that need to come from the development finance. Uh, the DFI. Mm. Um, you've got uh, the, the grants and the loans that need to come from uh, various countries, for instance. Um, so, so it's, a, it's, a, it's what we call blended finance. Mm. Um, so, if you look at the infrastructure requirements and the infrastructure investment is money um, and you look at the REIT program, for instance, we've got more than 200 billion rand that has been invested. And that is money that that is kind that is flowing in through the pub, public-private partnership. Mm. Um, so so that's why the the, the word partnership becomes mm. quite key. 
example, I can give you an example of um, the work that we do in the hydrogen space um, under the, the Department of Science and Innovation uh, and the Energy Secretariat that I'm leading at Palmedi. Uh, we, 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 we went into Japan, uh, understood the, 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 what, what the Japanese are doing in the hydrogen space. We looked at everything that they have done ever since they started with the hydrogen economy. And then we started identifying areas where we can collaborate with the Japan in terms of the hydrogen space in South Africa. Mm. Um, we together we, we went there with with the the, 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 the private sector uh, companies like Sasol and others were, were, were coming with us. And in that kind of a, a, a scenario where we ran workshops with the minister demand and other things that we did there, we ended up linking the private sector in, in Japan to the private sector in South Africa, linking the government, uh, their minister of industry, uh, METI in Japan, uh, linking up with our own the Department of Science and Innovation and uh, our, minister of, uh, our Department of Trade and Industry. And in that entire mix, there were agreements that were signed that have got to do with uh, the partnerships that need to happen in the hydrogen space with the Japanese in, in order to drive the South African uh, uh, hydrogen daily uh, initiative as, as provided by the Hydrogen Society of mm. And we're talking again about billions of rands. Mm. We went into the UK, uh, the UK placed an additional uh, uh, 4.5 billion British pounds. Which, which is which is not which is money that is not yet in the public domain in terms of the, the, the money that are coming. So so we're looking at blended finance in the entire uh, energy space. And if you look at all these finances, uh, you know we we, we start to, 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 to move towards uh, you know making some kind of progress and mm. some then towards the the 1.5 trillion rand that we need. Sure. If we plan our program. Uh, the way we have planned now and implemented mm. them properly, um, the, the public-private partnerships. We, we're looking now at the the the, 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 the announcement in between the seven and between the eight by Minister Mantasha, which, which will happen quite soon, uh, maybe before the end of uh, of December. We're looking at between fifteen thousand and seventeen thousand megawatts, mm. and that kind of uh, of of announcement is gonna bring in uh, direct foreign investment plus internal uh, in investment, which is more than uh, 300 billion rand. The hydrogen space alone, we're looking at uh, more than 300 billion rand mm. a day, and, mm. and we're looking at, at a lot of jobs uh, coming in, into that hydrogen space. So if you take all these uh, uh, investments uh, that are planned and the, ones, the other ones that are pledged and other ones where they are actual agreements in place that are mm. signed, mm. uh, you, you start to see that, uh, you know, in the bigger scheme of things, we're starting to move towards a trillion rent that we, we, we're talking about. And and then we there is money that will come in terms of the, the local manufacturing. Today, Minister Ibrahim Patel talked about the, 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 the us taking advantage of the minerals that we have. Mm. South Africa is, is home to 70% of the PGM uh, minerals, uh, the platinum group minerals that are used, uh, for instance, in the batteries uh, manufacturing, in your poor cells and things like that. And and once we start to talk about local manufacturing, 
was this, uh, you know, uh, supporting the just energy transition. Mm. Then we'll start to, to, to make a, a, a huge sure. dent into, uh, or we'll start to move towards that 1.5 trillion rand. Sure. Prof, does it does it bother you? I mean, you know, playing playing a role as 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 you are in 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 the just energy transition plan and 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 looking at the investment plan as well and what's and and you know the South African jet implementation plan focused in that South Africa has. Does it bother you that as of twenty twenty three? There are only 194 countries that have signed that that Paris Agreement, and the Paris Agreement, the Paris commitments uh, coming coming in 2015, in essence, and and some of those countries, you know, uh, signing and 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 making pledges to to the, to the kind of monies that either myself or yourself was talking about. But but 194 countries signing up to that Paris Agreement, an, an important document, not enough. Uh, and and even those that have signed off, you know, um, you know, uh, still still, you know, uh, talking vaguely sometimes uh, about, you know, the, the the kind of stuff that they need to do, non-binding language that's also used. Um, so so does it does it bother you? I saw the president talking about more countries needing to come on board so that, in essence, more money is made available as well and more recognition given to to the Paris commitments of of 2015. Does it bother you that not not too many have signed up from from a world perspective? Um, it, it it partly bothers, uh, but not to a greater extent, mm-hmm. um, because uh, if you look at the landscape. Um, you know, uh, climate change is starting to show um, because in the past we used to talk about theoretical stuff. Mm. Uh, mm. Now we're starting to talk about the real things happening. Mm. Uh, there's no single country in the world that can tell us that they've never, never experienced the negative impact of, of climate. You just change. need to you just need to look at the heat waves we're experiencing over the last two weeks. Mm. Exactly. Mm. So if you look at the heat waves that we we We've been experiencing. You look at the the fact that we we have uh, hailstones mm. uh, that are now bigger and damaging. Mm. In in the middle of a heat wave, we get hailstones. That are <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, mm. You get we get floods in KwaZulu Natal. Uh, we we getting the the, the sea uh, rising and and all those kind of things. Um, the floods in the US mm. and everywhere else. Mm. Um, so, droughts, so, so droughts. Mm. The droughts. Uh, the loss of food and, and the loss of life. Mm. So, so, so this is happening not just in South Africa but around the world. Yeah, and and people are starting to wake up to 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 the to the impact, the negative impact of climate change. Some of the countries that have not signed the Paris Agreement, mm. um, you you look at a country like the U.S. for instance, mm. uh, they are moving with speed in terms of responding to to to, to climate change. Um, in terms of the adaptation and also in terms of making funding available to deal with climate change issues. Uh, so, so, so the, 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 yes, there are those that are signatory, um, that some of whom are, are, are very much in the forefront in terms of dealing with this particular issue. And then there are those that are not signatory, but that are still also responding to this particular matter. So I, I, that way, mm. I'm not too worried that... Uh, uh, all countries have not signed. Uh, it would be great if um, we get more countries coming on board, like what the president said. Mm-hmm. But um, the efforts as things stand are sure. coming from 
everybody and every country is responding to climate change and its impact. And some of these countries are bringing on board uh, some some funding because we're starting to see the shift. This this thing is like the fourth fourth industrial revolution, Mm. the decarbonization of the of the energy sector in general. Uh, We're starting to see the shift. We're starting to to see activities in the green hydrogen space, for instance. We're starting to see uh, cars that are that are I'm going to take a break, Prof. Samsung uh, Mampueli, and after that particular break, we'll come back and then we'll begin to close this part, this segment of the interview. So my guest is Professor Samsung Mampueli, talking about COP28, talking about the issues that, of course, South Africa relates to in that particular space as well. So let's have a break, and on the other side, we'll begin to close this, this interview. Power Perspective with Denzel Taylor. Yes, it is. Uh, Power Perspective with Denzel Taylor. Power 98.7, of course, is what you're listening to. Professor Samsung Mampueli is my guest, Energy of Energy, Head of Energy Secretariat at Saneri. Let me bring the professor back into the conversation. Prof, as we begin to round, you know, round up the conversation, um, I asked you about whether you were concerned about the 194 countries that have signed that poly- that, that that Paris Agreement. But I'm, and, and I asked you if you're concerned. Are you I'm, I'm going to keep with that trend of asking if you're concerned. Are you concerned that, you know, the the, the level, the current level of climate action, the, the action that various countries are, are are talking about in their progress and their ambitions reports, is actually enough to actually meet the Paris targets that were agreed upon? You know, um, it for for me, the Paris targets were were, were pretty pretty high. And and the obligations on on countries and and yes we see every country that that signed up there you know delivering on its progress uh, report and what its ambitions would be, but but you know the the current levels of 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 climate action that we see whether whether it's whichever country doesn't doesn't seemingly talk to what those Paris agreements would have been and and the level to which those Paris agreements would have, you know, set the targets. Does that does that bother you a little bit that we're 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 not we're not close to what we should be doing at this particular point in our lives? So the, the my, my, my biggest concern is especially mm. around uh, European countries. Mm. Um, so if you look at South Africa we, we we've met our targets mm. and uh, we have revised them. Mm. Uh, and we 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 think that we will still meet the targets. Mm. Um, I've I've gone through some international energy agency reports uh, that that have indicated. 
indicated that most of the European countries were on track to meet their targets, mm. but uh, some of them were obviously dispersed by the by the Russian war mm. Mm. Uh, because um, they, they then uh, um, uh, had to go back to the refiring of uh, some of their yeah. old fleets yeah. in response to to the security of energy supply because the the, the Russian gas. Was, um, was was no longer available to them mm. after the, the the Russian war, but uh, I've engaged many of these of, of, of these countries um, where they, they most of them indicated that they are busy ramping up their their renewable energy programs. Um, I mean, I, I visited Austria uh, right at the beginning of the of the of the war, which is quite close to to, to, to Russia and Austria and and, and, and the Ukraine. Mm. And part of the things that they mentioned was that they were ramping up their renewable energy program. But uh, you know, alongside that, uh, uh, as part of the transition, they're they're refiring some of their their coal fired power stations so that they can go through the winter. So, so that for me was the is kind of a setback that we had. Mm. But it's not too worrying because. Most of those power stations are coming with carbon capture and, uh, and storage uh, uh, technology. Um, so so we're looking at the net zero kind of a situation, even under those kind of mm. circumstances. Mm. Mm. Uh, so I will be looking, uh, you know, closely to look at what they report, um, starting from tomorrow when we when they, 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 talk, they, they track the progress that has been made since COP2017. Mm. And also looking forward to what are their plans in terms of uh, going forward uh, mm. in, in this particular uh, uh, respect. Will they continue with the, with the conflict with carbon capture and utilization and carbon capture and storage facilities? Or will they be able to, to reach the, 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 the net zero using mainly renewable energy mm. uh, and, and, and new energy vehicles and things like that? Uh, from the South African point of view, we have um, uh, companies like Sasol that are starting to look at sustainable uh, aviation wealth, for instance, because we also have emissions from the from the energy kind of a, of a situation. And there are various other countries around the world that are looking at the, uh, at things like that. So while while it's uh, it, it's concerning that uh, some of the messages, for instance, that are coming from countries such as the host country, the UAE, yeah, um, uh, uh, are, are kind of um, mixed. Um, it, it, it's for me, um, even if you go there, you find that there's quite a huge uh, penetration of uh, things such as energy vehicles. And those come, you know, with comfort and all these other things that attract the, the, the customers. So while the messages may be mixed, mm. the, the, the actual uh, implementation and the, the actual situation on the ground will respond to, to, the, to the issues around climate change and adaptation as well. Prof, I'm going to say thank you so much for coming on to Power Perspective tonight. It's really, really appreciated. And I think, you know, when we get to the end of of COP28, which is the, what, 12th of December, we're only at the 4th of December now. And as you pointed out earlier in the conversation, we're getting to the meat of the of the conversations now. And, and you know, it was the presidential speeches that were being made. 
I'm I'm hoping to bring you back, Prof, and so we can talk about you know the the difference that COP28 would have actually made. Uh, apart from talking about progress and ambitions, you know what what then would would COP28 uh, what would elevate it differently from COP27, COP26, and all the others? What are the new issues at COP28 that would have been raised, and and how that would impact you know um, various countries uh, amongst others, South Africa as well. Prof, I'm going to say thank you so much, but you know. Um, we we're going to be we're going to be approaching you again and and it's appreciated that you you have put, you know given us your time but we will approach you again towards the end of COP28 and then just talk about the kind of issues I have been talking about the issues of going forward now and and looking ahead and not so much you know what what the progress reports would have indicated now that you're welcome that's fine um, we will make time Thank you. Thank you, Professor. Professor Samson Mampueli talking to us there about COP28. And of course, Professor uh, is, uh, you know, uh, the head of the Energy Secretariat at Sanedi. And we'll be talking again in future around that particular aspect. A lot of conversations at the moment going on around climate finance. And that, of course, is a bone of contention between developing and developed countries. And and sometimes, you know, uh, that is the differentiating factor or issue. Sometimes, what 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 makes up those particular conversations? You have the developed countries heading there uh, with with uh, particular you know schedules and and mandates and 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 all sorts of targets that they want to reach. And you have developing countries who need the finances and are being forced almost, and yeah, you know, forced almost to accept the kind of monies and give up the kind of energy supplies that they have. In, in our instance, we have coal and coal and coal, and we've been asked to really, really give that up in, in, in favor of all of these renewables. And what we're arguing for is can we have a balanced conversation around these particular things? But of course, there are targets to be made. And uh, there's also conversations about huge amounts of money. And that is always sometimes for me the difficulty with these conversations. Do you run after the funding that's available and begin to, you know, not think about, you know, your own country and your own country's energy supply. You've been listening to a Power 98.7 podcast. For more podcasts, visit power987.co.za or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.